This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. Try the number one recommended web hosting provider. With plans starting at just $3.95 a month, you'll get a free domain, free site builder, easy one-click WordPress installs, and 24-7 support. But what's just as impressive as what you get is what you don't get, as there's no contracts, no hidden fees, and no gimmicks. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Bluehost. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 114, entitled The Craigslist Crawl. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week and downloading those episodes. And also, I really do appreciate the questions, the comments, the feedback that has been coming through each and every week. Uh, via email, uh, through Instagram, uh, and even on YouTube. I really do appreciate that. It really lets me know which episodes you guys enjoy, which episodes you guys maybe not uh, enjoy so much, uh, and lets me plan uh, and uh, really uh, sort of, um, you know, design and uh, you know, have a re- a vision for the show uh, and make it the most useful and the most value packed uh, for you guys each and every week. So like I said, I really do appreciate all of that feedback that has been uh, coming through. Now, this week's episode, I wanted to touch on a topic and I actually... You know, this topic came to me sort of last minute. I was thinking about doing another um, topic originally, um, but things kept coming up uh, and, uh, you know, the Craigslist crawl, as I called this uh, um, episode, uh, refers to the fact that, uh, you know, in the evenings when I'm unwinding after, you know, the whole day is done, maybe just before bed when I'm sort of surfing the net, I'm always... I always on a daily basis will check into Craigslist to the for sale section and to the farm and garden section. And I'm always typing in keywords for, you know, whatever to see what sort of pops up, whether I'm, you know, looking for, you know, a keyword like commercial mowers uh, or 36 inch mowers or things like that. And just seeing what pops up. So, uh, you know, as you guys know, for the past a few months, I had been looking for a larger mower. I bought that 36-inch Mark Viking, and that was a direct result of doing a Craigslist crawl on a daily basis until something popped up. And, you know, like I said, we don't have very much options here for those types of mowers. They're not the most popular Uh, Here, we sort of, you know, everybody has the 21-inch mowers, and then, you know, you'll see companies with some zero turns. Um, But the smaller, like, walk-behinds and the stand-on mowers, they're they're becoming more popular. I have started to see them, um, but still, again, nowhere near, um, you know, 
what you guys are probably used to in your own areas. So when that 36-inch uh, Exmark Viking popped up, and it was an older model, uh, I think when I did a search of the serial number, it was literally a 1997 model with a pistol grips and stuff. So you're talking 20 years old uh, and still running like a top. The hydro still working fantastically. But right from day one, I, I really, you know, was seeing the value of having that 36-inch walk-behind mower size. Specifically, or especially, I should say rather, um, you know, with the sulky on it, uh, to be able to ride and like, you know, if you guys, if you've seen the photos of the mower and stuff, uh, you'd see that it did come with a set of jungle wheels. Um, so, you know, I've been really, uh, you know, after the, uh, learning curve on the very sensitive controls, um, you know, I'm starting to get better and better on it and, uh, you know, was really enjoying and actually really looking forward to days where I go mow and I take the Xmark uh, Viking with me. So lo and behold, you know, this weekend, you know, on my regular um, weekly, you know, and daily Craigslist crawl in the evening, uh, lo and behold, another commercial mower pops up. And but this time it's a 36 inch Xmark Turf Tracer. And I was just like, ah, oh, man, why couldn't have this popped up a month sooner uh, when I bought, you know, was looking and uh, ended up buying that Viking? Um, because as much as I do enjoy the Viking, there was a couple of things that, uh, you know, I wasn't liking about it. Uh, the first uh, was, and and this is my biggest complaint with it. Uh, is just the fact that it's the Viking model and is a fixed deck. Um, so I'm very particular with my client's lawns. And even with my Honda 21-inch mower, I will adjust the height, you know, depending on the lawn. And I can adjust the height, you know, sometimes uh, from lawn to lawn between houses, I have been known to adjust the height between front yard and backyard, uh, and even from one half of the front yard to the other half. Say if there's a, a driveway in the front and maybe half of a lawn, you know, the front lawn on one side and maybe a bit of the lawn on the other side. And, you know, I've been known to even adjust the height on those two sections of lawn. Because, you know, I'll cut one on one side and it may be growing nicer, growing thicker, and I'll, you know, cut it at one height. But then when I take it to the other side, it doesn't quite look as nice and as polished as the other half did. So I'll end up either lowering the front of the deck uh, a notch um, and, uh, you know, doing a pass with it that way. And that usually corrects it. So the Xmark Viking for me, you know, although fantastic and I will say that if nothing else popped up, if no other mowers were to pop up, you know, I would make do with it. You know, I would, and I was starting to make do with it. I found a height that I liked and I was mowing, you know, my own lawn with it. 
And then I started mowing clients' lawns with it. And I was trying to get everybody on that same sort of height uh, just to make things easier. But there is those discrepancies where you can see the difference and you can see that, you know, on this lawn, it doesn't look quite as nice as it did on the other lawn, but it's too much of a pain to change the deck height. Um, even with, you know, just changing it off in the front wheels and dropping the wheels and changing those spacers and stuff like that, it's all efficiency and it just takes, you know, too long and it's greasy and messy and stuff doing it. So like I say, I would make do and I would learn to adjust, but I think, you know, the plan all along I've said was to, you know, I would buy that mower, see how it worked for me, uh, see if I liked it, but I would always keep my eye open for a stand-on type mower. Um, so, you know, that was always the plan. Now, after using the Viking, some things have changed. Some of the realizations that I've gotten from using it, for one, looking at the weight uh, of the machines and and looking at the specifications for the weight of the machines. Um, now the Viking was fairly lightweight. I think it came, comes in at about four hundred and eighty pounds. Um, now the um, or sorry four hundred and I think it was four hundred and eighty five pounds for the Viking. the The last John Deere tractor I was using after downgrading from a Walker and from a Gravely zero turn because of weight issues with all of the rain that we get here and the ground always being soft and those mowers constantly getting stuck or rutting badly, you know, I went to a John Deere like residential style tractor, a 42 inch tractor, and those came in at 481 pounds. Uh, and I had no issues with those ones rutting or getting stuck. And that's 481 pounds plus me on top of it, um, sitting on it. So when I saw the Viking and saw the, you know, specifications were 485 pounds and that it was, you know, very close, you know, within a few pounds to the weight and the fact that I wouldn't actually be even adding my own weight to the machine because I wouldn't be sitting directly on it. I'd be riding on a sulky behind it or I could even just walk behind it. Um, you know, I thought this will be fantastic. And it started actually, you know, turning me off a little bit on the stand on mowers because I started looking at those spe the specifications on even the um what's the uh, the Toro one and the Gravely one and uh you know those the the Toro is probably the most popular one that I've seen here the grandstand 36 inch grandstand um but I think you know I can't remember exactly but I think those ones are hitting the 800 to 1000 pound range for just the mower itself uh, and they're built fantastically well. They're, you know, like tanks, essentially, but uh, very, very heavy. So I've been starting to second guess whether or not that would be a good, you know, a fit for my business because of that weight. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I've also been told by someone who was using a skag stand on mower. Uh, and like I say, I don't know if this is true or if this is just his opinion, but he said he, you know, you can't really use those stand on mowers as a walk behind, um, that, uh, you know, it's just not the same that he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that, that they're meant to be stood on top of and used in that sense. 
So I thought, okay, well, that's, you know, meaning then, you know, I don't really have that option. And like I said, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, if it's realistic to mow a lawn walking behind a stand-on mower with uh, the deck, or sorry, that um, platform, the standing platform folded up. Um, you know, if it was in a situation where maybe the ground was too soft and I couldn't stand on it and I could think, oh, maybe I can, you know, uh, lose a few pounds here by f just walking behind the mower and, uh, you know, m make it a bit lighter that way. So I wasn't starting sure, but I was thinking about, you know, these walk behinds, the Viking stuff going, you know, this may be the, you know, the best fit for me because I can use it with the sulky. Uh, I've heard they're really, really good on hills. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I have to, I can just walk behind it, as their name implies, walk behinds, uh, and uh, just use it in that way and just have it, you know, as light as possible. Um, so I started to really, really like these walk behind mowers. But like I said, my biggest complaint with the Viking model was just that it was a fixed deck and I'm so used to and so particular at times about the heights from lawn to lawn, from section to section on a, on the, even the same lawn, uh, in adjusting the heights and making it, uh, look the best, you know, possible end result. Uh, and, uh, you know, in searching and, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos and stuff, I saw those turf drafer turf tracers pop up and saw essentially that they are these, you know, essentially the same mower, uh, but with the major difference being that they have a floating deck and that you can adjust the heights, uh, from, you know, that, uh, basically one inch all the way to four and a half inches sort of range, uh, quite easily, uh, just by lifting the deck and pulling the pins. And it reminded me, uh, of the mowing deck I had on my walker. It was essentially the exact same, uh, height adjustment system. Um, I had, uh, the walker with just the standard, uh, height adjustment system. I didn't have the sort of, uh, the optional, uh, they have a kit, a height adjustment kit option where you can easily like lift and lower the whole, uh, deck with, uh, one handle. Uh, but they come standard with just the four pins, uh, on the, each corner of the deck with just some cotter pins and you lift up the deck, you pull the pin out and you line it up to whatever the next hole is that you want. And you put the pin in there for whatever the height corresponds with. And, uh, that's how you do it. And literally, you know, it can take, uh, you know, 30 seconds to change the height, uh, on the, uh, the deck, changing those, uh, four pins out. So not that difficult at all. So when I saw those turf trifers, I thought, you know, that would be a, a cool mower to get, uh, but they do seem quite pricey. So, you know, lo and behold, when this weekend passed, uh, and doing my Craigslist crawl and this 36 inch turf tracer pops up and it was a much newer model. Uh, like I say, that, uh, Viking that I bought was a 1997, according to the, uh, serial number. And when I run the serial number on the, turf tracer it's a 2009 so only about seven years old versus uh, essentially 20 years old um, the turf tracer also has a kawasaki uh, 15 horse engine they're both 15 horses uh, but the viking was a um, kohler command pro it was a single cylinder 
uh, 15 horse. The turf tracer is, like I said, the Kawasaki. It's a twin cylinder, uh, and it's also a 15 horse. And right away, I notice, uh, two things in the motors. Um, one, the Kawasaki is so much quieter, uh, and the Kawasaki is way easier to pull start. Um, it's almost, uh, uh, almost effortless, I would say, versus the uh, Kohler. The Kohler now, I don't know if it's in, because it's older, but the previous owner said it was recently rebuilt, and it seems to run really well, uh, but it is a bear to pull that cord. And I remember, uh, you know, I have to actually, um, on the bottom of these mowers, they have a little chain <clears throat> that you can pull, before you try to start the mower and it disengages um the tensioner on the pulley for the uh hydrostatic transmission so that when you go to pull start the motor um it's not as hard to pull um because you're not you're just trying to turn over the motor instead of trying to turn over the motor plus turning the pulley for the hydrostatics uh transmissions which you know can add a lot more um you know uh just make it a lot harder to pull so with the the older um viking i was always having to pull that chain um in the mornings at least uh, when the motor was cold and to pull that uh, to get it started um and sometimes even in the middle of the day uh you know i would uh, have to um you know, pull that chain to even be able to turn that motor over. Now with the Kawasaki, I noticed it's so much easier to pull. It's just, like I said, almost effortless. And I asked the guy, the previous owner, I asked him, you know, how often do you use that chain on the bottom? Because uh, he was saying that it's always starts on first pull and all that sort of stuff. And I said, well, how often do you have to use that chain on the bottom? He says, I've never, I don't even know what that chain is. And I had to actually explain to him, um, what that chain was and that it disengaged the uh, pulley and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, Oh, he says, I've never, never needed it. It's always started so easy and stuff. So, you know, that, um, I was excited about, cause I was like, I remember one day I took the, the Viking out, and I went, I had to get it started at my house to be able to load it up on the ramp. Uh, so I pulled that chain out and I pull started the uh, cord and it started. Um, and then I loaded it up and then I drove across town to the first house of the day. And, uh, you know, after my trimming and all that, I went to pull start and I couldn't start it. And I tried and, you know, I thought, okay, maybe I didn't pull it hard enough. So I tried again and it didn't start again. So then I started messing with the choke and all that stuff. And, you know, it didn't start. And lo and behold, you know, it was essentially because the motor was still essentially cold. I had started it in the morning, but only really, you know, had it on for about 15 seconds. You know, it was on, rolled it up the ramp, turned it off. So the motor was still cold and I forgot about that. So when I went to start it at the customer's house, I didn't pull that chain, which was making it harder to pull and not letting me get, you know, a full good, you know, starting pull on it. And essentially I was just flooding the motor and, you know, I think a half an hour went by and I ended up giving up. I couldn't start it. I ended up taking out the Honda 21 inch and I mowed the lawn with the, the 21 inch mower, uh, 
and uh, then went on to the next house, which was just a 21 inch uh, cut that I do. So I did the that with a Honda. And then by the third house, you know, enough time had passed uh, that I went, I, you know, went through my whole starting procedures with the Viking and I got it to start. So, you know, the rest of the day, it was fine. Uh, once it was all warmed up and stuff, then it's uh, pretty easy to start. You don't have to, uh, um, you know, pull that uh, little chain or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not too bad. It's it's not as easy as this uh, Kawasaki engine, I'll say, but, you know, it wasn't too bad. And like I say, you know, if nothing else would have come around, I would have made do. It would have been totally fine. So I'm just going to uh, break for the podcast announcements, and then uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about this new uh, 36-inch turf tracer. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so before the break there, I was uh, talking a little bit about that 36-inch turf tracer that I just purchased. Um, and uh, like I say, this is very new to me. I've literally had it for uh, a few hours now uh, at the time of this uh, podcast episode. Uh, you know, I was really planning on doing a different um, episode for this podcast. Uh, but like I say, things just coordinated the way they did. And I had to go uh, pick up that mower uh, and it's just the way it worked out. So, you know, I figured, you know, let me talk about the fact that, uh, you know, this is what I've been doing on a daily basis. I've been searching Craigslist, uh, for, um, you know, mowers and, and things to see what pops up. Um, so the, uh, a couple of the other notable differences, uh, like I said, I've talked about the floating deck. I've talked about, uh, the Kawasaki, uh, motor and how easy, uh, it is to start. The other nice thing um, that this mower has is it has the newer style ECS controls. So these are those controls or those handles that sort of look like bullhorns that are sticking up in the air. Um, and I will say it is easier to use. I know a lot of people... Uh, mentioned when I got the Viking that the pistol grips that that particular mower had, uh, I think one person uh, said it best, uh, when they said that, uh, those things are murder on your hands. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't know initially what they were talking about because I would mow my own lawn. It was like, well, that's not so bad. I don't, I don't get, but then, you know, once I took it out to a customer's property, you know, a bigger property and was doing a lot of reversing and forwarding and all that sort of thing. And then I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like my hands are, are pretty sore, uh, using this thing. So, you know, that, um, 
was another sort of downside with those pistol grips. I'm sure that over time, you know, you would get uh, used to it and feel, build up a lot more strength in your uh, hands. Um, but, uh, you know, initially it was like, okay, you know, I can, I, you know, feel uh, that they are pretty sore. Now, these new ECS controls, they are um, easier to use, uh, but they're still not, I wouldn't say, um, you know, the greatest, at least you know, after using uh, it for a few hours here uh, this morning, the tension as far as pulling um, the levers back, because with the pistol grips, what's hurting your hands with the pistol grips essentially is that there's these some these big springs at the bottom. And when you're squeezing the handles, you're you're literally squeezing those or pulling apart those springs. So your hand is is literally what's pulling those springs apart. Now, you know, when comparing the pistol grips to the ECS controls, the, the it's the same spring there and the same, you know, setup roughly um, with slightly different geometry as far as the uh, rods and pulleys and things that are there. Um, so you still are squeezing levers and it's still not the easiest, but it is a lot easier. It is a bigger improvement over the, um, pistol grips. Now, the one thing I will say though, with a pistol grips is that I'm a short guy. Uh, and, uh, I actually liked the, handle positions for the pistol grips with the ECS controls, because I'm short, uh, they're sort of up in the air. So I, you know, I'm, I sort of have my arms up, my elbows are bent, uh, and I'm holding on to the controls like that with the pistol grips. My arms were almost completely straight out and down. Um, so, you know, being a bit shorter, you know, I will say that the pistol grips, I think were a little bit more, um, comfortable position for me because I'm shorter. Um, but you know, not a huge, huge difference. You're talking about, uh, maybe six or eight inches difference in, uh, where your hand position is. Uh, so not a huge, huge difference. Uh, and, uh, you know, the fact that they're a lot easier to control and squeeze, um, you know, makes me, uh, really excited for it. Um, now, if you guys watched my videos uh, or saw pictures of that Xmark uh, Viking, uh, you would see uh, that I uh, I made a homemade shoot blocker um, uh, discharge sort of uh, flap uh, for that Xmark Viking. I took a piece of steel and cut it out to the shape and painted it up and all that and spent, uh, you know, a good couple hours and stuff whipping that together and, uh, you know, getting that uh, all sorted out uh, so I could have a sort of shoot blocker. I wanted to throw some mulch blades on that machine and get it going. And I've been really happy uh, with the results thus far. A lot of people said you're going to have a trail of grass uh, coming down the side. And that's, you know, to be expected. Uh, you know, you got two blades, one pushing all of its cut grass to the uh, right side and uh, no real mulch kit to get that grass circulating again. 
So, you know, you're bound to have uh, some sort of a little uh, uh, trail or something. Um, but uh, it wasn't that bad. It was actually leaving a really nice cut, particularly with those new uh, copperhead gator style mulch blades that I bought. Those things were fantastic at chewing up the grass. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were uh, they just did a really great job. Almost made it look like uh, when I looked at the lawn, it would look like almost like a velvet look after it was cut. It was just so nice looking. Um, so on this turf tracer, um, the difference here is that uh, it actually came uh, already installed with a um, a real mulch kit from Xmark. So, you know, it had you know, at first I thought it was just a piece of steel on the side, just like I had built. Um, but once I got the mower up in the air to take a look at the underside, uh, I could see that, uh, it was all baffled off. So the two blades are completely separated with a center baffle, um, that makes, uh, you know, basically two circles on each side to keep the uh, grass uh, rotating, uh, on the side with the chute blocked off. Uh, the back side of that is actually contoured and round uh, and, and makes that right hand blade, uh, you know, its own sort of circular area as well. Uh, so, um, yeah, just nice that it had an actual uh, mulch kit with it, because, you know, when I looked at the dealer, I think they said it was in the four hundred and fifty dollar range for a mulch kit uh, for the Mark mower uh, when I was uh, inquiring about one for the Viking. So I would assume that this would be uh, similar. Uh, and this uh, had some gator style uh, mulch blades already uh, on it uh, as well. Uh, so that was a nice bonus. Uh, and the other bonus was the jungle wheels. Uh, you know, that was a nice bonus when I bought the Viking that it came with that sulky, those jungle wheels. Uh, and they seem to be quite popular, that brand. Uh, so it was funny that, uh, you know, initially when I looked at the ad for the turf tracer, um, there was no mention of, uh, jungle wheels or a sulky or anything. Uh, and there was only one photo of the mower, uh, just sort of head on. Uh, so you couldn't see behind, uh, what it came with. Um, so, you know, when I got there, uh, I noticed the, uh, uh, jungle wheels. And I thought, well, that's cool, uh, that it actually comes with, uh, the jungle wheels. So that's uh, fantastic. Uh, and the funny thing is that the jungle wheels on the, uh, older model mower, the Viking is the exact same set of jungle wheels. Uh, but they're in a lot better condition on the older model than the ones that came on that turf tracer. So I actually just swapped them out. I just kept the hitch part, uh, because it was ready mounted, uh, it had the exact same hitch, uh, mounted on either more. I just swapped out the actual jungle wheel units, uh, figuring that, you know what, I'm going to sell the uh, Viking now that I bought the turf tracer and, uh, you know, I'll just throw the, uh, the other more, uh, uh, well-worn, uh, jungle wheels on the, uh, uh, the X mark, the Viking, and, uh, I'll keep the uh, turf tracer. I'm getting all mixed up with all these, uh, different names here. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, another, uh, notable difference. Uh, and like I say, just the newer model, it's just a lot cleaner looking. It doesn't look as worn, um, as the other one. Uh, but like I say, the mowers are so rare here that when that first Viking came up, I was like, you know what, it is a bit, um, 
you know, worn looking as far as the paint being faded and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a shot anyways, because they are just so rare here. And, you know, who knows when another one will pop up and stuff. Lo and behold, you know, uh, if I had only known that another one would pop up and a Turf Tracer model would pop up, uh, you know, uh, a month later, uh, I would have held off. But, uh, you know, hindsight being 2020, that's uh, how it worked out. So now uh, here I am with two 36-inch mowers. You know, a month ago, I was uh you know complaining about uh how tired I was using the 21 inch mower to mow all of those properties that I do uh and that uh you know I was uh you know getting older and that uh after my ride-ons and all that stuff you know all the other mowers got stolen you know I was like trying to do all of them with the 21 and you know I was getting it done but uh you know, it's just tiresome. So you get to the end of the day and you're just completely exhausted. So hopefully, you know, having these walk behind mowers with the sulky will help me to, uh, you know, um, not be so tired at the end of the day. I will, you know, report back, maybe do some reviews on these machines as well, even though they're older, uh, machines, even the, the Turf Tracer is what, seven years old now, uh, but probably pretty similar that uh, Turf Tracer to a new model, um, I would imagine. So, you know, it, uh, yeah, I will uh, give some feedback, some thoughts and stuff on the machine once I get to uh, use it more and more. Um, you know, luckily, uh, like I say, it just sort of worked out uh, that, uh, you know, I was able to pick it up and be able to get another walk behind in that 36 inch size but with a fully floating deck to let me uh, be able to adjust the height settings and all that a lot more easier uh, but like i said the point of the the whole episode was that you know a lot of a lot of times especially in a market like where i am where these types of mowers are not common um you have to literally be on that Craigslist crawl, searching those search terms, um, you know, and checking it out on a daily basis. I know there's apps and things that you can um, input search terms and things like that, and it'll message you when something uh, pops up. I just like doing it the manual way of just going on there and having a look, uh, because a lot of times you'll see other things that pop up that don't have those search terms. Um, and uh, you can find good deals, you know, like that. I've uh, actually bought quite a f uh, actually two different times. I've bought in two cars, two used vehicles before that I ended up finding on Craigslist uh, over the years that didn't match any of the search terms that I was looking for. Uh, and in one case, the vehicle was in the completely wrong category for type of vehicle. Uh, and, uh, you know, weeks and weeks had gone by and nobody was calling this person and they kept lowering the price. And I could literally, uh, you know, see the price going uh, lower and lower. And, uh, you know, the person, uh, when I asked them about uh, it, they were like, well, you know, nobody was calling. Um, so I just kept lowering the price. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, it was because, uh, sorry, and this wasn't because of Craigslist, this particular, in this instance, it was uh, an older uh, buy and sell publication, um, where it would come out this weekly newspaper, this is before, uh, you know, the internet days and Craigslist and stuff. And in this particular case, 
you know, this person had put the vehicle for sale, but it ended up in the wrong category. And that's why people weren't calling because anybody searching for that type of vehicle, theirs wasn't popping up. Um, and because I would just randomly search, uh, all categories and look for, you know, through all things, even though, you know, I, I would look at my main categories first, but then I would also search the rest of the publication for new listings. Uh, I noticed this vehicle and, uh, you know, after buying it, uh, I literally went back home and I still had past publications and I went and looked up in that wrong section, that vehicle. And lo and behold, there it was in that wrong section with, uh, the price being lower each and every week. And then on Craigslist, um, you know, a similar situation where, you know, I was looking for a particular vehicle and, you know, a different vehicle kept popping up that didn't match any, it wasn't even the same type of vehicle, not even the same class of vehicle, uh, but it kept popping up on my searches. Uh, and, uh, you know, I ended up going and looking at it and actually ultimately buying it because it was a really good deal, um, and it just wasn't showing up in the right searches. Uh, so like I say, those apps and stuff that you can use, they're good. Uh, and they will alert you, you know, if you're putting in something like 36 inch more, they will alert you when a 36 inch more sort of fits that thing. But if the person makes no mention of 36 inch or lawnmower or anything in that listing, then it's not going to pick up on that and you might lose out on a good deal. So that's why I like, you know, doing Craigslist manually and just hitting my search terms, looking that stuff up and then manually going through and looking through other listings of things that may or may not fit what I'm looking for because you never know what uh, particularly pops up. And that's what uh, sort of works for me. So just some tips there on uh, if you guys are searching for used equipment, uh, especially when you're starting out. Uh, or if you're just looking for a used piece of equipment like I was because I don't want to sink that much money into another uh, large big mower. I've done that so many times in the past with uh, the Walker and the Gravely Zero Turn and stuff like that. Um, and finding out that, you know, it didn't really work for me. So I'd rather just start with the you know, relatively small amount of lawns that I need a larger mower on. Um, and with larger, I mean a 36 inch mower on versus the 21 inch mower that the, you know, 90% of my clients are, uh, serviced with. Um, you know, it just was not, uh, I couldn't justify spending it on a new mower. Will I keep searching Craigslist for other mowers? Yes, I will continue to search Craigslist for other mowers. And, you know, there's no guarantee that, uh, you know, if tomorrow, uh, you know, a, uh, a Toro grandstand pops, pops up and it happens to be a 36 inch that I won't go and buy it because, Hey, why not? You know, um, you can always turn around and sell other things and stuff. But like I say, my growing concern now with the stand on mowers is the weight when, you know, actually sitting down and looking up the specifications, that those stand-on mowers are quite a bit heavier than, you know, the equivalent 36-inch walk-behind mower. Um, so I think, you know, I may be set here with this Turf Tracer. I think it gives me the best of both worlds of having that 36-inch bigger mower. You know, it has the sulky on it, the jungle wheels, uh, so that'll save me some walking. It's got the height adjustment, the floating deck. Um, 
so, you know, like I said, I think it's sort of the best of both worlds for me and it might be the perfect mower for me. And that, at least that's what I'm hoping. Um, and you know, the walk behinds from what I've read, what I've seen, they are very versatile with being able to do hills and all that sort of stuff as well. And it actually might open up, um, you know, the type of work that I may ultimately decide that I want to go after. Um, I've mentioned in the past that maybe I will start trying to do some other types of commercial properties or things like that. And now with this, uh, you know, 36 inch walk behind, you know, that uh, does become a very real possibility. Uh, so I just wanted to share some tips with you guys on, uh, you know, what I've been doing to search, uh, you know, Craigslist, uh, you know, how I've been doing that on a daily basis uh, and sort of the technique that I use um, to sort of uh, be able to, um, you know, search for the types of mowers that I'm looking for and to be able to sort of pounce on them, uh, we'll, you know, as soon as they sort of pop up to sort of get the first crack at them. Um, you know, I learned uh, sort of the hard way, I'll say back in January, um, when I was looking and that uh, Toro grandstand did come up, uh, that 36 inch grandstand came up and, uh, you know, when I contacted the person, you know, it had already sold and apparently it was on sale for a few weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the time, and I didn't know cause I, you know, just didn't, um, think about it at the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I asked the guy what it sold for, he, it was basically a steal. It sold, uh, I think it was $3,000. Uh, he sold it for, and it had, uh, the aluminum accelerator and everything with it, uh, and only had about 300 and something hours on it for a Toro grandstand. Uh, so it was, you know, a steal of a deal that I lost out on. Uh, so, you know, ever since then, I've been sort of honing in on those Craigslist techniques uh, and trying to figure out uh, uh, ways of finding good deals and, uh, you know, being able to pounce on them quickly. Uh, so, you know, this is, uh, you know, with me, I have that sort of reserve fund I've told you guys about where, um, you know, after my equipment got stolen, the insurance company paid me out. And I basically took all that insurance money uh, because I didn't want to buy everything at once. And I just put it all in a separate bank account and actually called it insurance claim account or whatever. And uh, so I've been sitting on that money for instances like this, when something pops up, I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, is that going to hurt the budget is, you know, I can't buy that because I got to pay the mortgage or something like that. That money is set aside specifically for this is, you know, if, if a tool comes up that I want to buy or that I need for my business, I've got the money. It's there. It's ready. So that's another tip is, uh, to sort of keep a reserve fund, uh, as well. Uh, that you don't touch throughout the year. You just keep it there just for that instance, for a good deal, for, uh, you know, a buy. It doesn't have to be used. I've had issues or uh, not issues, but instances at the dealer as well, where, you know, they may come up with some, you know, product or something that they will no longer carry, or maybe they're changing brand or whatever, and they're clearing out those, those other ones and they're, you know, blowing them out for a great price. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's that same sort of, uh, deal where, Hey, I've got the cash, go for it, you know, and, uh, take advantage of those situations. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, that's it for this week. So, uh, here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.